morning at Reformed Church. Everyone, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored to be here and uh, just privileged uh, to be here. Um, thank you. Thank you for the hospitality. Thank you for the welcoming. It's 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 great, and I'm just uh, I'm just blessed to be here uh, to fellowship and to worship our Lord and together and, and just uh, just grateful. Also, I want to thank Pastor Kevin and, and Pastor Eduardo for the invite as well. That um, I'm so privileged by their friendship, by their fellowship, and I'm just um, so thankful. So. Definitely thank you for having me today. Um, I'm just really excited. I know for, for my family and for myself, this is actually um, our first real worship, uh, real time of fellowship with, with others. So um, it was finally, finally freeing to get out of the house and to, and to fellowship amongst others, brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're just so grateful and thankful. Um, so I really, really wanted to share with you all today just, you know, something that, that the Lord has really convicted me of and really put in my heart. And even before uh, Pastor Gerardo, uh, you know, had, had extended the invite, he had asked, you know, if I can come in and share. And I was like, yeah, not, not a problem. I'm honored. And right, right off the bat, I already knew that, what God had already put in my heart, what God had already established in me. And it was something that He has been working in me for months. And, you know, we, before we, we share God's Word, we need to preach to ourselves. And really, this is what I want to share with you. This is what God has, has, has uh, put in my heart to share with you. And I've titled today's message, Our God of Comfort. Because especially in this time, in the times that we're living in, we need a lot. We need a lot of God's comfort. We need to set our eyes in Christ, especially with the pandemic, with the lockdowns, just the limitations that we have, right? Our, our lives have completely shifted. They're, you know, different routines. It's not the same routines anymore, right? We're doing things differently now, right? Our kids are doing things differently, right? Uh, yeah, you know, Zooms and, and, and these uh, different, you know, just all around. They're, they're, they're not out there with their friends or they, they don't have that playtime anymore like they used to. Us, right? Some of us, we get the, you know, you could say the privilege of working from home, right? Others are still going out to work, but still very limited. I know for, for my family and I, we have to, uh, we had to adapt. We had to adapt to a different, Way of, uh, a way of doing things, especially with a, with our three girls, right? Two of our girls, one's in high school, the other one's in middle school. I mean, I'm sorry, not in middle school, the other one's in elementary. And then we have a little one that hasn't started school yet. So if you can imagine uh, working from home and, you know, making sure that bo both of our girls are, are, are doing their school and then trying to preoccupy the little one because she wants to play, she needs time, you know, she needs attention, or sometimes she wants to play with, with Zuli, who's my middle child, and sometimes that's just not the case. And, and it gets hard, right? No, usually you have that, that time to drive when you're off of work and you can listen to your podcast, 
or you can listen to music, or you can listen to radio, whatever, whatever it is that you listen to, right? And you have that kind of time to reflect. Well, we don't have that anymore. Because as soon as we're, we're, we log off from work, we, we got to start either, you know, uh, getting ready for dinner, uh, making sure the girls have done all their work, and it, it just becomes tiring. So today the, the main focus is, is setting our eyes in Christ and seeing his comfort, seeing that he is the one who encourages us, especially in these times. And the, the, the verse that we're going to be focusing on today is going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. But before, let's pray. You join me in prayer. And let's just thank our Lord. I'm asking for wisdom in this place today, here today. Lord Father, thank you again for the hospitality that my brothers and sisters here at Action Reform Church have given my family and I, Lord. I thank you for Pastor Kevin, for Pastor Gerardo, Lord, that where they're at, Lord, that you are there with them, that you are covering them, Lord, and that, Lord, um, they will be here uh, next week and, and ready to to be here to fellowship with, with the rest, Lord. Again, I, I thank you for this place, Lord, this new place, this beautiful place, Lord, where, Lord, you are doing work. And I thank you for the work that you're doing here, Lord. I thank you for, for each and one of, of my brothers and sisters who are here serving, Lord. And it's just, I'm just so privileged, Lord, and just excited to see what you're doing here, Lord. Lord, I just ask you to please use me for today's word, Lord, that the words that come out, out of me are your words, Lord. And Lord, that it may resonate in our in our hearts, that it would be impactful. And Lord, most importantly, that it would encourage us to continue to seek you, Lord. Again, Lord, I thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So definitely, we are living in some interesting times. I mean, I would have never thought, who could have ever guessed this would happen to us, right? That we'd be in, 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 in this pandemic, that we'd be in lockdown. But there's something interesting, too. and and. This is something that just has come to mind, the relationships, the friendships. And one of the things that I've seen, and not all, again, not all, but I know that a lot, not only have, have they been asked to be quarantined, but also have quarantined their faith. And that has put a, a, a bit of a dry season in some of our walks. And I know that for myself, um, that was something I was struggling with. That was something that really, really took effect. And in the circle of friends that and brothers that I have, some of them have, have are in that dry spell. And one of the things that the Lord had convicted me of, he took me back to basics. Because sometimes we can get really, really, um, you know, caught up in... in, in and you know the conversations and, 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 and theological discussions and and other things that that sometimes take us away from our focus in Christ. Sometimes we're so um, focused in winning arguments and, and doing other things than our focus in Christ. And I found myself in that. I found myself in that very situation. And when. Even before the pandemic hit, I was in a season where I was asking the Lord, Lord, your word says that you desire to be with us. You desire intimacy with us. Why don't I desire that from, from myself to you? I don't desire that. I know who you are. I know you're real. I know your truth. 
But why am I in this dry spell? Why do I feel this way? And that was my cry, and that was my cry. And the Lord, through His Word, just brought me back to basics. It convicted me. And I'm like, man, it, it, it's there. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure you've heard people, friends, and, and even brothers and sisters probably say, man, I wish God could talk to me. And, and, and the answer is, well, if you open Scripture, He will. Because His Word is alive. His Word is true. His Word is there. And that, you know, it took me back to that. It took me back to that first time when I first heard the gospel. And, and, and it just really, really just convicted me. It humbled me. So, today's, today's verse, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 35, and if you follow, it, it, it reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So, one thing that I've seen through this pandemic, through this lockdown, we see that we're getting tired. I mean, in the beginning, my whole thought was that, oh, I'll be home. It'll be better. But I, I, I come to find that it's more work. It, it, it gets harder. Right? Then, um, some of us, I, I know for myself, I, I came from a big company. I, I began, I, I worked for a big company, a well-established company. And my brother-in-law and my sister, they began their own company. I'm a freight forwarder. I work in freight. So I do all the, the bookings for, for exportations and work company that also imports. My, bro my, my brother-in-law and my sister, they started their own company. And they established a company. They were already running for three years. And last year, they, they began to expand. They began to grow. And they asked me, hey, would you, you, know, would you come and join us? And without a doubt, you know, uh, definitely I told him, you know what, I have to pray. You know, I have to ask the Lord and make sure that, you know, along with my wife, that this is what the Lord wants for us and, and you know, that he confirms. And so he did. And I, be I left the, the company where I was at and I began to work with, with uh, my brother-in-law and my sister. And at first, yeah, I was like, oh man, working with family. I'm not sure that that's a great idea. But, uh, praise God, it's been great. Uh, the relationship has been great. But then comes the doubt because now the lockdown happens and we're a small company. And is business still gonna be there? Are we still gonna get the clients that we have? Is, is it still coming? And you, you start thinking about expenses. You start thinking about, man, is, is this gonna, is, was this a good, a good decision, right? Then um, just, just looking at all those things and, 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 and the difficulties of work and, and seeing if, 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 if business is, is gonna stay. And by God's grace, yes, it has. But then there's family. You have, you have, you have cousins, aunts, uncles, you have friends who perhaps are struggling worse than you are. And, and those things, you know, they, they begin to affect you. They be, because you have close ties, you have close relationships with them. And, and, and especially those who don't have a relationship with Christ. 
right? Health issues. I know some of our parents, I know my, my father, you know, he's a cancer survivor three times, right? We're always, you know, constantly in communication. How are you doing? How's it going? All these things, finances, right? So certain things have gotten more expensive, right? Especially in these times, right? Election time, it always gets a, a little hectic, but finances are always part of that, right? So now, now that we're home, I find, I, I can't, you know, I start looking and we're, we're spending more money than usual, right? Amazon, eBay, and all the other, other, other stuff, right? Because we're, we're trying to find things to do. But one of the things that begins to come to our mind is the future, the, the uncertain future. When is this gonna end? When is this gonna stop? When are we gonna go back to normal? And we begin to get discouraged. We begin to fall into that discouragement. We begin to, to start looking at the, at the, at the anguish of, of the uncertainties, right? Some of us, the effects of, of our work, maybe, maybe business isn't good. Maybe money is not coming in the way it's supposed to. My friend is sick, my, my mom or my, my brother, my sister, whatever. We begin to start putting our focus on those things. And that begins to discourage us. And remember, discouragement is a thief. It steals our vitality, our joy, our peace, especially our contentment. It, it, it hits us hard. It begins to dwell in us. And, and really, really takes us, you know, in, in, in using in the simplest terms, it takes, them, it takes us off our game. It completely, completely um, brings us down. It gives us fatigue, right? It fatigues us. It, 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 it brings, it, it takes away our hope. It, it, could, it could be so effective that for, for those, for, for friends or loved ones that we know, it could even come to the point where the discouragement is so strong that they may not want to be, they don't want to live anymore. And, and I see this, and, and I've, heard, I've heard this through, through my, my, my wife's work. My wife is a social worker. She works for LA, LAUSD. And, you know, sometimes I, I, hear, I hear her at work. I hear what she does. It really breaks my heart. It really, really, really just brings, I'm like, man. You know, to hear, the, to, to hear what, the, what, what some of these uh, teachers are going through. The difficulties of, of them trying to keep it together, you know, the demands, and then trying to meet expectations, and then trying to have have these uh, Zoom virtual learning classes and, and trying to get everyone's attention, and just hearing that, and not just them, but them too, those who are servicing. You know, I hear my wife and I hear her her, her colleagues, you know, when they share, and 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 I stop to think, oh my gosh, like this is. Yeah, people get discouraged to that point. And I can just imagine people who are out of job because of the closed down, because of this pandemic. Right? The effects of this pandemic, the effects of this pandemic can bring a lot of discouragement. It, it, it can really, really bring that dissatisfaction. But, but in that dissatisfaction, it takes away our, our memory of the past blessings. The blessings now and the blessings that may come because our total focus is on those things 
that that set us up for that discouragement. That really take us away from where? From Christ. And I can only imagine to those who don't know Christ. We who, who know the truth, we who, who know that His word is living, and, and, and we have these, these struggles. I can only imagine those who don't. So we have to look into the promises of God. We have to look into His Word. We need to rely on His Word. We need to re be reminded of His promises of what He has done. We need the hope and peace that He has brought. That He has brought, because we need to be reminded also that He is sovereign and that He is in control. He is good. Keeping our eyes and setting them on Jesus is the best way to encounter this discouragement because Jesus encourages us. In Him, we can have the comfort and peace that we are that we need that we are looking for. In Him and His Word, we can rest in Him by faith. So I want to share four points to stay encouraged. Four points that that really have just through this through this verse have really brought brought conviction into me and encouragement. And and, and here's the first one: be encouraged because God is a God of mercy and comfort. As it as it says in verse three, blessed by 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 the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. And God of all comfort. He is. God is the father of all mercies. In God's very heart. He feels mercy towards us. Sometimes we forget that. We forget that God is merciful. We forget that God has, has had mercy. He continues to have mercy on us. Because we continue, continue, continue to fail. Can you imagine if he did it? What, what would it be like? He continues to have mercy on us. He is the offer of mercy. His mercy towards us brings salvation. It brings forgiveness of our sins and it delivers us from eternal damnation. And this is because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Because of what he did through a sacrifice. Because he shed blood for us. As it says in Psalm 86, verse 5, I'll repeat that. Psalms 86, verse 5. You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. The Holy Spirit is our comfort. Right? I got this from the King James Bible version in John chapter 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to you. Remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. All this shows that God is a God of comfort. He is a God of encouragement. We need to set our eyes on Him. Because all comfort comes from God. 
It isn't an angel. It isn't a pill. It isn't no injection. It isn't a slogan. It's God. And it doesn't matter where we're at and what situation. All eyes need to be set on God. And, and, and that's something that we need to remind ourselves daily. Because it's easy to forget. It's easy to, to forget that. Because we start setting our we start setting up ourselves and we start setting our eyes on other things. Because perhaps our walk is stagnant. We get cocky at times. We think we got it all figured out. But the reality is we don't. We need we need intimacy. We need relationship with God daily. When we do that, when we are constant and constantly seeking the Lord, we are constantly being encouraged by His Word, by Him, by the Holy Spirit. And it's important that we're reminded of that. It's important that we remember that. Because it's easy to forget. And then you may ask, how is the comfort received from God? First and foremost, by faith. Right? God says who He said He is, and we need to trust Him. We need to believe what He says. Right? It's that simple. We need to trust in Him. Also, from others. God uses His people to encourage others. He uses each and one of us to encourage others. Right? He will set up the right time for others to encourage others. Remember when the Lord saved you. Remember the first time someone ever shared the gospel with you. I never get tired of sharing. I never get tired of that first time. You know, I shared this with you before, and some of you may not know, but it was Brother Gerardo who shared with me. He gave me the time of day to share. He was obedient to the Lord. Now at that time, Lindsay didn't think so, right? But he was there, and he gave me his time for four hours, just sharing and sharing. And that blew my mind away. That completely changed me. Because the Lord worked through him. The Lord used him to bring encouragement, to bring comfort, but most importantly, for me to know who Jesus was. And that was the start of my relationship with Jesus. And it wasn't anything that, that we did. It wasn't nothing that we did with our own strength. It was all God. He had the plan at the right time, the right place, the right moment. And you know where that was? In Vegas at a punk rock ska show. Who would ever thought? But God, God did. So we need to remember that God uses His people. God will use us, and He will continue to do so. Through His Word, through reading, through hearing, the words of God are beautiful and they're strong. And we need to be reminded that they instruct us and they encourage us. You know, whenever we get lazy, whenever we're like, ah, man, I don't feel like reading, remind yourself. Or if, if you see your, your, your spouse or your husband 
uh, your, 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 your friend, a man I've read in a while, encourage that. Encourage man, get back in the Word. Because His Word is beautiful. His Word is impactful. His Word brings comfort. His Word brings strength. His Word brings clarity. His Word is great. It's beautiful. By the Holy Spirit, He is called a comforter and He dwells in us. God is alive. He lives. And He's constant. He's truth. Those are basic things. Those are things that we need to be reminded daily. We need to be reminded all the time. Point number two. Take encouragement because God is there in your afflictions. In verse four, going back to 1 Corinthians, um, it says, Who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort these who are in any afflictions with the, with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. Right? What's another word for affliction? How do we know that? Right? Tribulation, right? Trouble, anguish, persecution, right? All those things. And, and, and affliction comes in different sizes, different shapes and sizes, right? It comes to sickness, financial stability, right? The loss of loved one. Of a loved one. Also, you know, any any friend, close friend, family member who may get sick, who may be who may be um, you know, sick and struggling health wise. But it, but something is, is, is very important to keep in mind, even in, in these afflictions. <clears throat> and that affliction occurs in the heart. That's where it hits. That's where it affects us. I was talking to a brother earlier, and he was sharing with me, you know, the difficulties of his job and, and, and how um, it really affected him, right? In, in, in our case, for my wife and, and, and I, um, you know, hearing family, hearing friends struggle, it really hits, it really hurts. For myself, I have, I have a, a family member who um, found this relationship with Christ. Christ came to her, touched her heart, saved her, and saved her from a, from, from a homosexual lifestyle. And she could never imagine that she would have ever fallen in love with a man, and she did. And gets married. And we're all excited, we're happy man. And marriage is like one way. And here she is, reaching out. Angry with God. Maybe God wasn't real. Maybe God wasn't true. And going back, God uses us, right? And here I am and I'm asking God, what do I say, what do I do? How do I comfort? How do I bring? And I just share. Just sharing His Word. Sharing songs of worship to worship. <coughs> reminding her of her first love, who is Jesus. Again, afflictions come in different sizes, different shapes. It hits us 
differently. It hits us hard in the heart. And then, you know, she asked me, why does this happen? Why do afflictions happen? Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. But also, it's a reminder also that, that these afflictions, they're preparing us. They're preparing us for what God has a has a calling, a higher calling in us as followers of, of Him. Because the truth is, if we don't have these experiences, if we don't have afflictions, if we don't go through hardship and hard times, how are we going to share His glory? How are we not going to share what He has already done? And again, I go back to the beginning. I go back to when you were first saved. Do you remember that deep, dark hole you were in? And already as a follower, do you remember the struggles? Perhaps you backslid. I know I have. Do you remember how God drew you back in? How God gave you that compassion, had mercy on you, and brought you back, and reminded you of His love, reminded you of His mercy. As it says in James 1, chapter 2, verse, uh, um, chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I use that from the NIV, from the NIV version. That word testing of your faith, it develops perseverance. It makes us strong. It gives us a different perspective to continue, to keep fighting. So then, afflictions are a way of making you better. That's the reality of it. As hard as that may sound, but that's true. And that is how they should, that's how we should tackle them. We should see them that way. And the reason why I say that, I say it for the following. So, my relationship with my father has has been a, a, a bit of a roller coaster. One. To put it, being transparent with you all, being you know what, what the new generation calls it, being one hundred with you all, um, I despised my father. I pretty much hated him. We had no relationship. I did not, I would not talk to him. I did not talk, speak to him for five years. And it was only through the grace of God that our, our relationship was able to be reestablished. And it was only reestablished because one, the Lord saved my father. And then my mother, and then myself. But even before that, my father was, um, he, the doctor told him that he had cancer at the age of 50. He's now 78. And when he had cancer, I'll be honest with you, I could care less. When I found out, I was like, all right, if he dies, he dies. What do I care? Then, it was, un it was in remission, and then through my college years, he gets sick again. He came back. And this time, you could tell his bones were popping up. It was very thin, very, very fragile. 
and I had left the house. Um, my father had kicked me out, and I was living I was living on campus in college. And uh, my mother calls me and she says, you know, we really need you to come back. I, I need your help. So I came to an agreement. I said, yeah, I'll go back. I'll do it for you, not for him, for you. And seeing him in pain, seeing him, it did nothing to me. Had no effect. But then the Lord came. The Lord saved him. And he began to change. And I was like, stop, man. Stop pretending. Then the Lord started working on my mom. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then Vegas happens. And then I realize if God has forgiven him, and God has forgiven me. Who am I not to forgive him? And that's when God brought us together. And we, we had to sit down. Put it on the table. Dad, this. And him too. And he forgave me for a lot of things. And I forgave him for a lot of things. And my wife, who's here, can tell you now. Our relationship is really a joke. Because <laughs> all we do is bend to each other. I mean, I don't think I have a serious conversation with my father because all we do is joke with each other. I mean, he'll even randomly call me just to say, you know, some joke and we just start cracking up. That is the relationship we have. It, it's a reestablished relationship that God brought. But in that, in, in that pain, a year and a half ago, he calls me and he says, son, cancer's back. And it came back hard. And I was like, no way, Dad. And he goes, yeah. And right away, I start focusing, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm not ready for this. I long for this relationship. I hoped and I prayed for this relationship with him. And now he's, you're going to take him away. I don't know if I can handle this. And I start, I start really, really just going into the, the negative because it starts, it starts hitting me in the heart. And I'm hearing my dad getting discouraged. And then saying, well, maybe this is what God wants. And you know what? I'm not sure I'm ready to go anymore. And, and as he's talking, I'm hearing him in my head. I'm like, Lord, this hurts. This one hurts. And then I start to think, God's been good. What am I complaining about? God's been good. I'm 37 years old at the time. And I'm like, I've had my mom and my father for 37 years. And I start to compare myself with them. My father never met his mother. She passed when he was born. His father passed when he was 20. My mother was, my mother was 23 when her father passed. And she was 25 when her mother passed. I go, I've had it for 37 years of my life. What am I complaining? Lord, I'm thankful. Thank you. And he survived. He survived twice. And you reestablished our relationship. You reestablished your family. A broken family. A lost family. And you reestablished them. What am I complaining about? Lord, thank you. And then I told my dad, Dad, you know what? Yes, it's back. And it came back with a vengeance. And it's, it, it may it may be. They, that this is this is it. But you know what? God is in control. 
You know why, Dad? Because God is sovereign. He knows. Remember something, Dad. He is infinite. We are not. believe him and you know what dad no matter what happens he will bring comfort to us and you know what dad whatever time you have left you will praise him you will give him all praise and all glory you will share everything with those who you, you, you talk to those who you share with your friends and family we will share of his glory we will share of what he's done in our family we will share how he's you over and over how he's given us chance after chance after chance our God is good he's been good to us and he deserves all glory and dad you will glorify him until he's ready to take you until he takes me man my dad was like you know what you're right you're absolutely right and praise God by his grace he's still here But it, it took me back. God took me back to his blessings. Rather than me focusing on the affliction part, he took me to the blessings he had given me. Easily I could have just broken down. And then he reminded me of my brothers in Christ. Because right away I text Brother Gerardo. I text my other brothers and I said, please pray for us. Please pray for my father. Because prayer is power. Power. This is why it's important as well that when you tell a brother or a sister that you're going to pray for them, do so. Don't just say it. Because it means a lot. It has power. And God is listening. Point number three. You should be encouraged because you can be instruments of comfort to others. Just as I shared. God used me in that particular time to bring to bring encouragement to my father, but, but also he took me back to the blessings he had given us. And it's important that we're aware of this. Because like it says in verse 4, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which ours we ourselves are comforted by God. This brings glory to God. Also, we need to stay humble when God uses us, and we need to give Him glory when He uses us. You know, it feels good to be used by God. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm guilty of it. There's been times where I'm like, man, I feel great. And, and, and I kind of start boasting. And then God just goes, man, what are you boasting about? It was me, man. I used you. And it, and it takes me back down on my plane to write it. Busy. Forgive me. It's, it's, it's my sinful pride. Give glory to God when He uses me. Because the trials that you will go through, believe it or not, those are trials that will help you. God will use those trials to help others. We have no idea what other people may be going through. We have no clue. This is why transparency is important. 
It doesn't matter how dark your past is. You don't have to. You don't have to share details. But you can share and be transparent about it. Because you never know that that person may be going through the exact same thing you were once going through. And God may be using you to share that story, to share your testimony for that person. But also, don't get it wrong. It's not about you. It's never been about you. It's never about me. It's about our Lord Jesus Christ. It's where he took us out of. This is why it's important that when we share, we give him all glory, full glory. I'm amazed on how God uses people. Um, it, it, it's, it, it amazes me. You know, we have a group, a circle of friends. And my wife, when she was in college, she was in a sorority. So it's beautiful to see that they, they've all kept in touch. They're all still together. And there's like 10 of them, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 girls who are all close. And what was once a dream is becoming a reality. But when, when we, um, when my wife and I and, and the Lord called us in, 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 the, in the beautiful experience to be part of a, of a church plant with Declaration Church, you know, our hope and dream was that all our friends would come. You know, that we would invite all our friends and they would be there. And that wasn't the case. And, you know, God, like I said earlier, God has a perfect time. And he knows how he uses his people. But the person that I least expected would ever have a relationship with Jesus, God began to work in her. And that was my sister-in-law. She was a, a, you know, to the core, religious Catholic. And her words would say, I'll never be a Christian. I'm Catholic. And we would never say anything. We're like, okay. We just prayed and we'd hope. We prayed. And and through an online message, she gets convicted. And then she starts doing research. She begins to attend the church. Then she invites us. Can you go on and let us know what you think? And then she begins to serve. And she gets baptized. And then she begins to share. Like I said, what became a dream has become a reality. Because now from those 10 girls, there's about six of them. And two of them right now are seeking. Two of them are asking questions. Two of them want to know who Jesus is. One of them was a pastor who is witness. And right now she's trying to figure it out. And she's asking. And there she is, my sister-in-law, Sharon, Sharon. Just sharing the glory, the beauty of Jesus. Be reminded that God will use us, that you will be used to encourage others. And how do we encourage him by what he's done in us? Point, last point. You should be encouraged because the comfort you receive from God comes from Jesus. Verse 5, as it says, 
For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also the comfort is abundant through Christ. This means all comfort, all encouragement, all hope that, that we have received through people, through the word, through different circumstances, are all filtered through Jesus. And that's basic. It's remembering that, keeping that in mind, setting our eyes in Him, in Christ. Therefore, the comfort is good. It's right. And it's pure. And we receive it by faith. Where our sufferings are abundant, so is our comfort. Don't forget that he went through it first. So don't ever think that he did not suffer. Well, he did. And he was calm because his eyes were set in the most high. When we set our eyes in Him, in Christ, we are calm. We are confident. We are encouraged. Most, we are comforted. Encouragement is something that belongs to us as Christians. We have to live. We don't have to live in this world with hurt and pain and doubt. You don't have to be in this alone. I mean, look, this is what we are. We are the church. We don't do it. We are the body of Christ. Iron sharpens iron. If we see a brother struggling. See a sister struggling, we are there. We are there to encourage. We are there to pick up. Oh, but you guys are judgmental. No, that's not it. It's because we love. We are there. We're there to pick you up. If you're struggling, I will be there with you in that struggle. And I will pray with you. This is why it's important that when you say you're going to pray, pray. If you're going to tell your brother, man, I'm there with you, be there. Act on it. Don't just say it. Act. Be about it. You have the God of encouragement waiting to show you the mercy that we have. But we need to trust. And we need to believe in His promises. Remember that our Lord is there and He's active and He's alive. And He continues to be there. He continues to work in us time after time. Don't doubt yourself. But ask the Lord to use you. Ask the Lord to give you strength. But act on it as well. 
continue the fellowship, continue the women's studies, the men's studies, and be encouraged by His Word. If you have questions, if you have doubts, ask them. If not, how are you going to know? Continue to seek. Right? Knock and the door will be open. Ask and it will be answered. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. But it's a power, it has a power of salvation. If someone is willing to ask it, if someone wants to have that conversation, be willing, be open to have it. Make yourself available. Because you don't know if God is going to use that moment, that precious time. And I'll leave you with this. When Gerardo shared with me, late years later he shared with me that he had prayed, he had asked the Lord if there was one person that he can talk to, if there was one person that he would bring upon his way so he can share to do so. And later on, he said that person was you, bro. And I was like, Make yourself available, brothers and sisters. Be encouraged. Because our God is alive. He's good. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Set our eyes on Christ, and only Christ, because He is the way, the truth, and the light. Be encouraged, my brothers, because He is the God of comfort that He brings in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, for again for this day. Thank you for allowing me to be part, part here, Lord, to be able to, to fellowship and worship with my brothers and sisters here at Acts Reform Church, Lord. Again, Lord, I thank you for your word, for your message, Lord, the reminder that you bring and bringing us strength and comfort and encouragement, Lord, through your word, through the, through the afflictions we've gone through, through all the things you prepare us for, Lord, and using others, Lord. Lord, I just, I just, I ask you, Lord, that you do this, continue to do the same in us, Lord, that you will use us for those who don't know, or for those who, Lord, who know you but are struggling. I pray that you will use us, Lord, to, to be encouragement, that, Lord, we never, that we never put aside that you are the way, that you are the truth, that it is you, Lord, and only you. Again, Lord, we give you all praise and glory. We thank you in Jesus' name.